Welcome back to New Rockstars. This is the big question, the show that gives you too much information about whether or not an older magic man in a cape and a precious young boy can get along. I think so. I mean, as long as, you know, they work together to save the universe, I think there's a, a relationship. If that's that all they're important. doing, then that's fine. That's, that's all, all you really need. <laughs> my name is MT, and I'm here today with my big question brother, off-screen producer, Brandon. What's going on, Brandon? Hello, MT. So happy to be back. You know, I just want the world to forget that I was ever Brandon, <laughs> just only ever off-screen producer Brandon. Off-screen producer. Can you make that happen, MT? I will make it happen. I'm going to talk to Steven, because Steven don't give a damn about the rules of the universe. He will make everyone forget your original name. He don't care no more. You're off-screen producer no. Brandon now. <laughs> Perfect, that's all I ever wanted. But hit me with that big question. Off-screen producer Brandon. <laughs> oh, I would love to. MT, we've got Spider-Man No Way Home just over the horizon. Hell yeah. We've gotten a few sneak peeks from the trailers mm. about how this story might unfold. And while it looks like our friend Peter Parker is going to be facing off against some villains from across the multiverse, mm. from other dimensions, other universes, other timelines, mm. I'm also wondering if he's going to be facing a threat in his very own backyard. And I'm not talking Aunt May. Oh! I'm talking somebody <laughs> even worse, even more deadly. Even more Aunt deadly May. than Aunt May with a frying pan? Oh my God, impossible. She's gone tangled, <laughs> folks. She's got a frying pan now. It all leads us to today's big question, MT. In Spider-Man No Way Home, are Spider-Man and Doctor Strange gonna be friends? Or are they going to be enemies? Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, that is a great question, Brandon. And you would think that this would be an easy question to answer since, you know, both Spider-Man and Doctor Strange have both solely been on the side of good. The good boys in the MCU so far. Yeah, they're good boys. But I do agree that between the trailers that have been released and the recent actions of Doctor Strange in the, the you know, the What If series, it does make us mm. wonder if this friendship is doomed to sink and go down the water spout. Out, like the itsy bitsy <laughs> spider that went up the water spout and then the rain came down. Oh my god, and watch the spider, I just dropped something. <laughs> so, we are going to look at all the evidence that we have so far and see if we can make our best guesses about which side of the battle these two will be on. So, let us start by looking at some instances in the comics where the web slinger and the mastic of the mystic arts have crossed paths in the past. In one of these comics was even an easter egg inside of the No Way Home trailer on a license plate mm. on one of the cars in the background and that comic is Marvel team-up number 21 because in Marvel team-up number 21 from 1974 Dr. Strange and Spider-Man do cross paths thanks to the interference of one evil sorcerer Xandu. Xandu? Xandu. Uh, he's a famous Marvel comics villain. Everyone knows about Xandu. Kids can't stop talking about Xandu. It's, it's Everyone's always asking, when's Xandu going to show up in the MCU? The kids love Xandu. Every time I walk into a comic book store, people are like, yo, are you MT? I'm like, of course I am. They're like, where's Xandu coming? I'm like, bro, I'm trying to live my life. Why is it always Xandu in this because in that story, Xandu poses as a mugging victim in order to put Spider-Man mm. under a hypnotic spell. And then he then uses mm. his spider puppet to steal the crystal of Cadavis from Doctor Strange. Because you ain't going to steal it some other way. Doctor Strange got security all over that mansion. You, you ain't going to get in. Yeah, he's got Simply Safe. Yeah. You know. <laughs> he's got Simp... Simply safe. Sim, sim. The eye of Agamotto. Oh, simply. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. And Xandu wants to use this crystal to restore the wand of Watum and bring his betrothed mm. back to life from the dead, which is what wizards love to do, apparently, when they have magic. It's like, you know what? If I got a dead girlfriend, bring her back from the dead because, you know, dating sites are empty. It's so hard. It's so hard to get a girl out there right? or, or a man or whoever you're looking it's for. It's just hard to find a partner. So if they die on you, you got to work hard exactly. to bring them back from the dead. Yo, recycling. That's what the wave is these days. <laughs> don't you don't get a new you don't get a new partner. You recycle the old one. Of course we saw the wand of a tomb in Doctor Strange. Yeah, I think that's when uh, Wong Wong he picks it up. Oh, yeah, like, they that's don't right. call it out. I don't think. Yes. But he's like, "Hold on, let me get my beating stick. <laughs> I got to beat Casilius, that son of a bitch. Casilius <laughs> come back around here. I'll get that wand out." I mean, Wong doesn't want to get his head cut off. It's hard being the librarian, dude. Right? Jesus. Everyone wants that knowledge, that uh, that librarian book knowledge. And while Spider-Man and Doctor Strange do face off in this storyline, Steven knows Spider-Man is under a spell and pulls his magic punches. Because, man, mm. if Steven punches you with the full might of his fist of Sidorak, oh boy, uh, oh your boy. face is, is going to be in another reality, uh, easily. Your face will be punched off um, into uh, Earth-1610. <laughs> 
For sure. Guaranteed. But eventually, Peter breaks free of the spell and the two take on Xandu together. And Doctor Strange even casts a spell that causes the two to switch powers with Spider-Man shooting magic bolts and Doctor Strange slanging that web. Like, oh my God, I want to see Spider-Strange so badly. That would be awesome to see in No Way Home is if they switch powers just for a little bit to see, <sighs> yeah, uh, Spider-Man shooting out some magic. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> I also want uh, Doctor Strange to have uh, Peter Parker's puberty as well. <laughs> like oh no not this why am i horny all the time this is so weird not again <laughs> not again but yeah perhaps the easter egg reference in the trailer means that our two heroes might face off in the film but one of them is under some type of evil control maybe i don't know who knows yeah i mean th that would make sense i don't see a, a good reason for these two of sound mind and body to just start fighting for no reason right mm. they've worked hard together they've worked, brought back all these people if for whatever reason they do start fighting someone's being manipulated up here i think they're i mean the, i think the only good reason that those two would probably fight is if uh stephen strange said that zendaya is not that hot i think that's a good uh... <laughs> i mean <I'll> <laughs> and then the, the, the gloves come off at that point yeah come find me stephen come find yo, me. yo what the did you just say about my girl <laughs> This is a uh, spider foo right here. This is what uh, you <laughs> learned. Spider foo. Like, come here. I'll give you the old one too. Spider foo. Let's go. Okay, so that was a great example, MT. Mm. Very, and it's very interesting that that's the that is an Easter egg. They maybe really want us to think about this comic. I don't think we'll see Zandu in this film, mm. but maybe someone else is going to be doing a little mind control. Maybe we can't really say it around here anymore. Mephisto. I don't want to <laughs> say it. You know, <laughs> the uh, M word. <laughs> the m word uh, I don't know. Uh, but we'll have to see it, it why was this in the trailer why did they give us this easter egg you know mm. they could just be throwing out spider-man comics with dr strange and spider-man but i don't know i don't know i'm on zandu watch bro i'm, I'm still on zandu we're on zandu watch can't wait for zandu to come to the mcu because you gotta think about it like zandu could be like this interdimensional force in the mcu and like with mm. you know shang chi um introducing like interdimensional beings in the what if series um i think that it's possible i mean it's it's unlikely, but because of this license plate, we we can't discount a Zandu appearance. We can't because like a very strong one. You know, we we did get a Lyoth in Loki, and that's that's obscure as mm -hmm. they get. Like no one was thinking about yeah. a Lyoth before Loki. Like, come on, nobody. Okay, so MT, the next storyline we're gonna check out is mm. Ultimate Marvel Team Up number thirteen Ooh. from two thousand two. Oh okay. And this storyline takes place in the Ultimates universe, and mm. it's an homage to the spider and the sorcerer story that you just talked about. So once again, it involves our good friend, the evil sorcerer, Zandu. Zandu! <laughs> uh, and it's all about his quest to obtain that good old wand of Watum. Mm. Uh, but like I said, this is in the Ultimates universe. So this is a totally different universe uh, from the main Marvel mm. Universe Earth where your storyline happened. Mm. Yes. So yeah, this is Earth 1610 and the one before is Earth 616. So Xandu once again takes control of Spider-Man uh, and he sends him to kill Doctor Strange. Uh, but, you know, Doc's not having any of that. Uh, <laughs> so he zaps like both him and Spider-Man into the astral dimension to mm. kind of knock the mind control out of Spider-Man ah. so they can kind of like figure things out. Mm. Um, but what's most interesting about this specific storyline is it really revolves around Spider-Man's secret identity because in the Ultimates universe at this time, no one really knew who Spider-Man was. He's still very fresh. He's right. new on the scene. Doctor Strange like sees Peter without the Spider-Man mask on, mm. uh, and it forces them to kind of build a bond together. Mm. Uh, so that's that's really important uh, because this, you know, this No Way Home is all about everyone finding about Spider-Man's identity and him wanting to undo it all. Right. So it's very interesting to take this comic storyline into consideration. When we think about what might happen in No Way Home. Mm. Um, so, yeah, there's maybe some clues there. Again, Zandu again. We're going to talk. Zandu shows up a lot. <laughs> Anytime Spider-Man and Doctor Strange cross paths. I don't think we'll ever see him in the MCU. Maybe we'll see him as like an amalgamation of mm. characters, you know? Yeah. Kind of like how they did with uh, Sylvie uh, in the right, Loki series. She right. was kind of a mixture of Lady Loki and Enchantress. Right. Uh, so, you know, they could take the concept of Xandu, this other sorcerer who wants to stop Doctor Strange or get something from Doctor Strange so he mind controls somebody. Uh, that could that could happen. But, yeah, uh, there is a little fighting between Doctor Strange and, and Spider-Man in this one. But, again, it's because of mind control. Not because they hate each other. <laughs> because some outside influence is forcing them to fight. And our next comics team-up comes from the year 1998, where I was just a wee six-year-old in kindergarten or first grade. Oh my I don't know, uh, but I was definitely crying. Uh, in the untold stand... <laughs>
I was definitely crying. <laughs> I was 100. I was a crybaby boy when I was a, a young child. It was uh... popping on me anytime in 1998. I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> and this is, of course, the untold tales of Spider-Man: Strange Encounter. And this storyline was strictly a team up, and so there's no fighting each other in this because mm. you know we we, sh we can't see those two very nice boys fighting each other it just breaks my heart it no. just breaks my heart every time and this storyline is a flashback to supposedly the first time spider-man and dr strange met back when peter was still in high school and they team up mm. to retrieve a magical item known as the lantern of lantar which is a great name for a lantern and in the process <laughs> perfect <laughs> literally the amazing name for like i <laughs> It must have taken them several days <laughs> to make that name. For those of you at home, uh, it's spelled Lantar, spelled L-A-N-T-A-R-R, -R, and mm. it follows like the magic magical element of like we'll just throw two of the same uh, letters right next to each other, like the Wanda <laughs> Batum has like the two O's, like with an extra R. <laughs> and in the process, they also wind up taking on Dormammu and Baron Mordo, mm -hmm. who are both villains who threatened Spider-Man's loved ones, which is, you don't do that. I, one of my favorite things is when Peter Parker was going crazy trying to save Aunt May um, after the whole, mm. you know, her getting shot during the One More Day storyline, because he was just, he lost mm. his mind. So like, you don't mess with Peter yeah. Parker's family, you don't. I mean, he almost killed that guy because of Uncle Ben, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, you could beat up Spider-Man as, as much as you want. He'll just mm -hmm. tie you up with some webs. But you come after his family, mm -mm. Mm -mm. he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna lose his cool. Exactly. Like, one of my favorite Spider-Man moments is when uh, Kingpin is in prison. And Spider-Man goes into prison and threatens Kingpin's life in front of everybody. And Kingpin is sweating. Like, he's sweating. He's like, oh, my God. Maybe I shouldn't have threatened his loved ones. That was a terrible <laughs> idea. I'm just a man. He's a Spider-Man. He's a Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's Kingpin's number one problem, right? MT is that because his power, his ability is just being tough and like fighting mm -hmm. and beating people up. Like every, he always pushes heroes to be like, all right, that's it. I'm going to beat you up now. And I'm going to beat you up as hard as I can. It's like, poor guy. I mean, he's just, that's what he does. Mm -hmm. You know, don't get so mad all the time. He's Kingpin. Don't be so mad, Spider-Man. Come on, Spider-Man. My favorite Kingpin is the one from Into the Spider-Verse because just the accent oh, is wonderful. Totally. Oh, where's the Spider-Man? It's not always about the money, Spider-Man. About the money, Spider-Man. It's about the Mets. <laughs> it's about the Mets, baby. It's all about the Mets. <laughs> it's all about the Mets. This is an interesting one-shot to consider since both Dormammu and Baron Mordo have already been introduced inside of the MCU. And we mm -hmm. know that Mordo is coming back in Multiverse of Madness, but could he make an earlier appearance in Spider-Man No Way Home? And Ooh. what about Dormammu? I mean, he's bound to be a threat again one of these days because like he yeah. only stopped taking over everything because of a bargain because he was like, all right, I'm kind of stuck here. He got a logic puzzle. He was like, all right, I've had enough. I'm annoyed. Yeah. But like, yeah, Dormammu, eventually he's going to be like, wait, what? Why, did, why didn't I take over? <laughs> I'm going to go back. Right. I, I think I could take it this time. I mean, if he waits like a couple hundred years, I mean... Doctor Strange might be dead anyway, so it'd, it'd be very easy. Unless he goes the Ancient One route and starts stealing that that dark magic to stay alive. Mm -hmm. Could be, could be, I don't know, Strange Supreme would do it. Well, he, he would totally do it. Do it. He, he, lived, he lived for thousands of years. But yeah, it's a great point because Dormammu's got to come back eventually. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we know Baron Mordo's going to show up uh, in Multiverse of Madness, but he could make his first entrance in No Way Home. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's the one that's like tricking uh, Doctor Strange into being a little weird and doing this very unsafe spell that he appears to be doing in No Way Home. Mm -hmm. Maybe Mordo and Dormammu have like teamed up this time. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mordo is going to, with the help of Dormammu, is going to be like, look, I'm going to take care of all the sorcerers on Earth mm -hmm. and get rid of them. And you can have Earth because I'm sick of it. I'm tired <laughs> of it. No, for real. And I think like because of like the, the events of Loki, um, sort of like kicking off this like sort of multiversal war scenario with all these kings. Yeah. You have to think that there are other players on the multiversal scale that are want in on this. Like you have Dormammu, right. you have potentially Shuma Gorath. Like there's all these multiversal beings that want control of everything. And so Dormammu has to come back. He has to come back. All right, MT, next let's let's take a look at Marvel team up annual number five mm. from 1982. Uh, this storyline is titled Serpent Rising. Ooh. And in this comic, we see Spider-Man and Doctor Strange team up again, along with the Scarlet Witch, mm. the Thing, mm. uh, and everyone's favorite, Quasar. Quasar! Uh, I love Quasar! And this interesting team, uh, they're, they're, they're dealing with uh, the reptilian demon Set uh, and the dimensional apocalypse he's trying to unleash on our dimension. But what's most important about this storyline is Strange uses a mystical object known as the Cosmic Cube ah, to defeat Set. Uh, he drains all the power out of the Cosmic Cube. 
And that's how he's able to like kind of push set out of our dimension. Mm. Um, now this is interesting because like cosmic cubes, they've appeared a lot in Marvel comics. They, they kind of look like the Tesseract, mm -hmm. uh, usually. Like, they're these glowing cubes. They can control matter and energy based on the will of the sentient being that wields them. Right. So they're essentially like wish granters. Like, if you want something, you have this cosmic cube, you can kind of make it happen. It can, like, alter reality and all those things. Right. We know in the trailer, we see this weird cube thing mm. uh, that they're holding. Oh, uh, like right, uh, yeah. Spider-Man's holding it when Doctor Strange does that, like, astral punch on him. <laughs> knocks him out of his body, <laughs> right? Like, we don't know what this cube thing is. It could be a cosmic cube. Mm. Now, it, it's not a glowing cube, but that, they've kind of already done that with the Tesseract, so I think for audiences, they'd want to make it look different. Yeah. So this could be, like, a cosmic cube. Like, there's also, in Marvel Comics, there's not just one cosmic cube. Right. They kind of come and go, you know, depending on the storyline, they show up and <laughs> someone has, like, the power to use yeah. it. But it could be, like, this, this comic storyline could give us a little hint about what we might see in No Way Home. Is this cosmic cube what causes all these villains to come from other dimensions and stuff? Mm. Is someone trying to get this cosmic cube out of the Sanctum Sanctorum? Could it be Xandu? Who knows? <laughs> uh, uh, 97 percent yeah. chance it's Xandu. So according to my calculations, so yeah, is this weird cube thing we're seeing? Is it a cosmic mm. cube? And cosmic cubes are super powerful. Like Mega. they've often been said to be like as powerful as an Infinity Stone. One hundred percent. So this could be like a very dangerous device, especially in evil hands. Mm. And I love that you brought up the cosmic cube thing because, like, recently in the comics, the cosmic cube is so was so powerful that it made Hydra Cap. I don't know if you remember that whole mm. Hydra oh, Cap right, scenario right, right. that people were upset. I can't believe Captain America was Hydra the whole time. <laughs> he wasn't. The, the Cosmic Cube literally yeah. rewrote reality so that he was uh, this Hydra person the entire time. Yeah, so it literally has like Wanda Maximoff level powers in this little box. Mm. And No Way Home seems to be breaking down the walls of mm -hmm. this universe's reality. So exactly. yeah, it uh, could be a Cosmic Cube. Maybe. Mm, I I, I like I didn't even consider that. I like that. I really like that a lot. And one more comic storyline that we should look at is Marvel Team Up number 80 from 1979. And in this story titled mm. A Sorcerer Possessed, Doctor Strange is the one that gets cursed this time, not Peter Parker. Oh, okay. Finally. Finally, Doctor Strange gets cursed. It's about time. But when he gets cursed this time, he turns into a werewolf-like creature and goes on a <laughs> rampage. I love when Marvel turns their heroes into werewolves. It should happen <laughs> at least once for everybody. Yeah, I mean, they've done the zombie storyline. Do the werewolf storyline. Exactly. Folks. Come on, we want to see Yo, it. like we have Into the Spider-Verse. We have Into the Venom-Verse. Like, we, let's get into the werewolf-verse. Like, this werewolf world. He does look pretty funny in the comic, because <laughs> it's like a werewolf in Doctor Strange's outfit. And you're like, what is going on? Yo, it's, that's that's a badass look to me, man. I love that shit, man. It's just so stupid. <laughs> Guys, it was the late 70s. What, I know. Do, what do you expect? Anything, anything to get people to buy a comic book, they did back in the day. It's like any gimmick. It's like, yeah, all right, whoa, whoa, Stephen Strange. They'll buy it. The kids yeah, will yeah. do anything. It makes sense. It makes sense. But yeah, he even attacks Peter Parker's date, which is a no-no. Like, you don't cock block oh, when no. you turn into a werewolf. That's like the last thing you do. Jesus Christ. And unlike other Marvel team-up storylines where Doctor Strange is usually the level-headed one in charge, this time Spider-Man has to take the lead because, you know, mm. he's a werewolf. And teams up with other magical beings like Clea, Doctor Strange's uh, girlfriend slash or love interest, and Satana, which is Satan with an A, to help subdue <laughs> Werewolf Strange and undo the curse. And this is a very important comic yeah. storyline to consider because it shows that Doctor Strange can also be manipulated into being the villain. So, I mean, we've watched the trailer, MT, and it's like, he does. it does seem like something's up mm. with Stephen Strange, right? He's not acting like we're used to. He's not level-headed. He's mm. being a little careless. You know, maybe he's just feeling like, ah, oh, you know, we saved the universe. <laughs> I can... I could do whatever. I'm I'm the Sorcerer Supreme mm -hmm. now. There's no ancient one holding me back. Okay. I can do whatever I magic. Wong, get out of here. I can do whatever magic I want. Okay. Uh, it would be interesting if like Spider-Man is the one who has to be, because he's mm -hmm. always looking for like mentors, right? You right. Know, he always did whatever Tony told him to do pretty much. Mm. Uh, and, you know, in Far From Home, he kind of learned to be like, all right, I got to be the boss now. But it's clear in this film, you know, he's going to Steven mm. asking for help. Like, how could you help me do this? Right. Um, but if he some along the way figures out that like, oh, something's up with with Doctor Strange. I got to like, I got to take the lead. I got to make the decisions. 
I got to be the big boy. I got to fix things. I feel like Peter Parker throughout these films is like he just gets more and more responsibility. And like that's what makes the Homecoming trilogy really great to me. He's right. just learning how to be a responsible hero. Whereas in this situation, like you said, Strange is acting really sketchy. Really strange. That's why we pay you the big bucks, Brendan. They pay me big bucks? <laughs> You're getting paid? Where's it going? You are making $500,000 and you were only going to pay me 30? You're getting 30 grand? I'm getting a thousand. You guys are getting paid? But I I am ready for like adult mm. uh, Peter Parker. That's what I really liked about Into the Spider-Verse with Peter B. Parker. Mm. Seeing like a grown-up oh, yeah. Spider-Man who's like, he's got the years, he's got the experience. Like it, that's the frustrating thing with the Spider-Man films is they're always resetting and putting him back in high school over again. It's like, mm. no, I want like 40-year-old Spider-Man. Yes. What's it like to be him? Seriously, I want I want us to grow up with Spider-Man throughout the years if we can. Like mm. if, Tom, Tom, if Tom Holland wants to do it for the rest of his life, I say we just let him yeah. do it. Why not? Tom, sign that 30-year contract Seriously, and get it done. I want to see that man, like, web-slinging when he's, like, 70. But yes, those are just a small sample of the storylines where Peter and Steven have crossed paths, whether at odds or on the same team. And there are plenty more instances in the comics, but those mm -hmm. are the ones that just really stood out to us. But... What about what we know about Spidey and Strange in the MCU? Because that's all that matters these days. It's a Marvel Cinematic Universe. All that matters. Okay, we haven't officially met. Cool. But they've only really interacted on screen in Infinity War and Endgame. So let's go through some of those points where they interacted or may have interacted. Because uh, at first, of mm -hmm. course, they meet up on the spaceship leading to an unknown location. And it's kind of awkward for Peter who assumes that they're both using made-up names, which is one of my favorite parts. Oh, we're using our made-up names. <laughs> oh, I'm Spider-Man. I'm Peter, by the way. Doctor Strange. Oh, you're using your made-up names. Um, I'm Spider-Man then. Uh, I'm Spider-Man, you fictional man, you silly man. <laughs> but yeah, and then Steven also asks if Peter is Tony's ward, which is also hilarious. <laughs> Billions of miles from Earth with no backup. I'm backup. No, you're still away. The adults are talking. I'm sorry, I, I'm confused as to the relationship here. I mean, what, what, what is he, your ward? Got him, take that, Batman. <laughs> and then of course, Peter sees a lot of bickering between Steven and his mentor, Tony. Yeah, I think that's like a really pivotal thing that we don't mm. really think about a lot because Peter, he's like, he's latched onto the spaceship. Uh, Tony tried to get rid of him with the parachute, but he's, <laughs> he's, he's hung around, he's snuck on, he's like a stowaway and like he helps Iron Man like blow, uh, uh, what's his face? <laughs> There's the old... Uh, have some blow what's-his-face? Interesting. <laughs> the Blackguard guy. Uh, Blackguard. Uh, um, Pete Davidson. The magic one. <laughs> Ebony Ma. Ebony Ma, thank God. Okay, so Peter's like snuck onto the spaceship. Mm -hmm. You know, he doesn't know what's going on. He's helped Tony uh, blow Ebony Ma out into space with that classic film, Aliens. Hey. It really inspired him. And now he's met Doctor Strange for the first time. And the first thing he sees is like Doctor Strange and Tony like kind of fighting yeah. and like Doctor Strange being like, no, shut up. You have a big ego. <laughs> like, I'll tell you what to do. And like kind of bickering. And like, I'm sure immediately, you know, Peter is like, don't, don't talk to my fake dad. <laughs> you know? Who do you think you are? Like, that's yeah. my dad. Yeah. Okay. It's that's like a heavy moment. It's like the first time you see your own father like get in a fight with somebody. You're like, whoa, 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 who's disagreeing with my dad? My dad could beat up your dad. Okay. So you better yeah, stop. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I think it's really important to consider that Peter's first impression of Dr. Strange is like, who is this asshole? Mm. Right. Who is this guy? I don't, I don't know if I can trust this guy mm. uh, because my dad doesn't seem to trust him that much. Mm. My mentor, the guy I look up to the most, he doesn't seem to trust this guy or thinks he's wrong. Uh, so I think that's like a really pivotal yeah. moment to consider their interactions going forward. But yes, and then after that, Steven does his time stone future peaking thing while on the planet of Titan. And then off screen, mm -hmm. they come up with a plan to fight Thanos. So I'm sure that there was a bit of, you know, feeling each other out and learning about each other there. And then of course, Spider-Man and Doctor Strange fight well together and have some very fun uh, kick punching portal action. I just, one of my favorite parts yeah. of that movie, uh, punching with a kick. Great. I wonder if they like when they were waiting for like Thanos to show up, if they were like practice. He was like, All right, I'm gonna make two portals, uh, Spider-Man. Now jump through him. He's like, I don't wanna jump through your crazy portals. Like they must have practiced, right? Right. Like, it's not his first time. Oh yeah, definitely. It. Like Peter, when he did that middle finger boom thing, he definitely did it at least once before he did yeah, that. Yeah. Because like you don't yeah. do that the first time. Boom. So so it shows that like even though they had that awkward like initial meeting, 
They probably talked a little on the planet, mm. felt each other out, and then worked well together. They they worked really well together there. Yeah, for sure. But not well enough because they lose. <laughs> no. <laughs> Spoiler alert. No. They lose Spoiler. and then have some off-screen post-fight time together before they both dust off into oblivion. And then I guess, I assume he sees probably, you know, Tony get stabbed, mm. almost die, and he sees, like, Steven give up the time stone, and then Thanos kind of, whoop, zaps away, right? Mm. Uh, and then the events happen in Wakanda that we see as the audience, but like just on the planet, they're just kind of waiting around, probably like, oh, okay, I guess we're stuck on this destroyed <laughs> planet now. What do we do now? And then at some point, all of a sudden, they're just like, shh, and they're like, I don't know where, because they don't know what's happening yeah. on Earth, right? Not at all. Um, so that's that's pretty crazy. There's probably a lot of, well, you fucked up. No, you <laughs> fucked up, Peter Quill. This is all your fault. Yes, I hope they all just like just slapped Peter Quill. Um, <laughs> I'm sure together. they were all there was a lineup to just to slap Peter Quill. And like when everyone came back from the snap, I hope everyone just lined up and just slapped Peter Quill before the final battle in any game. I mean, a lot of things went wrong before that, but that was this a is pivotal true. things going wrong moment. But I mean, in theory, you know, Doctor Strange saw all those possible outcomes. He must have known yes. that like Peter was going to screw up, and he kind of needs Peter Quill to screw up in a way. I don't know. And like that's a really good point because like I wonder in regards to like you know Peter and Doctor Strange relationship if Peter resents Strange for letting his dad die. We can't, I love how I just keep Probably. calling him his dad. I will give that a hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's just easy to call Tony his dad. Exactly. It's <laughs> So I, I hope that, like, there's a point of tension or, like, something happens between the two. It's just like, you let Tony die, you son of a bitch. I can't yeah. even believe you. Because th that has to be boiling up within him. And honestly, uh, Steven sort of owes him one at that point. So, yeah, rewrite reality. Why not? <laughs> it's like, you can have Zendaya and Aunt May or you can have Tony. And right? in that case, I, I get it. I, I say bye, Tony. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> bye, Tony. Sorry. You had a nice life. It's like, thanks for the suit. Uh, I got Zendaya. And then, of course, like we just said, in Endgame, they both get brought back together and then immediately go back to fighting because that's what heroes do. Violence. Yeah. We are resorting to violence for the Nintendo Wii. Like, I wonder uh, how bad the eye crusties were after coming back from the snap. Oh, after like, you, God, after those you eye dust? I don't know. But that's pretty much all we get until Spider-Man No Way Home. And Peter goes through all the events of Far From Home, of course, but we assume it's without any interaction from Strange. And in the movies, Nick Fury even says that Strange is occupied and he's not available right. um, to help him out. Okay, um, Doctor Strange. Unavailable. And from the trailer, uh, it looks like their first time interacting since the events of Endgame. And Peter is still awkwardly working out how to even address Doctor Strange because he's just yeah. like, oh, what do I even call? Like, we're not friends at this point, but you're an adult. We're so. not, like, co-workers? I don't know. <laughs> we're partners. Co-workers. So it's clear he doesn't see himself on the same level as the Sorcerer Supreme and capitulates to his ideas because he's the one in charge. He's the older one. Yeah, he, he comes to him for help, mm. and Peter's like, what should I do? And Dr. Strange's like, well, we could do this pretty dangerous <laughs> spell. And Wong's like, boop, see you later, buddy. It's like, all right, guys, you guys are going to fuck things up. I'm leaving. I'm out of here. Yeah, but yeah, Peter does come to Steven, after all, because he's missing his mentor, Tony, and needs someone mm -hmm. with slick facial hair to tell him what to do, because... That's, yeah, uh, that's what not, the facial not, hair is about. He can't make his own decisions still. He doesn't know what to do. Yeah, like, it's the reason I grew up facial hair, uh, Brandon, is because people respect my authority when I, uh, it's when smart. I do. It's smart. It's very smart. I wish um, I could grow facial hair. You will one day. You know? But the trailer does make it seem like they fight at some point because of the, the whole train sequence. Like, that doesn't seem yeah. like they're on good terms here. It seems like Doctor Strange is like, all right, you want to mess with me? Have a bunch of trains, you dumb teenage boy. Because that's the one thing most Spider-Men have to deal with is a train at one point. Because that happens in the Tony right, Maguire. Trains. trains and Spider-Man. What's <laughs> happening? It's always popping off. It's New York. Yeah, that, that whole train thing does not look like, oh, we're friends and we're getting along and I'm just going to show you what I can do with trains and mm -hmm. magic. No, it looks like a fight <laughs> for sure. Then also there's that astral punch that Doctor Strange unleashes on Peter, yeah. which is, you know. Yeah. And traditionally, those have been used in the films as like a, a, a like getting your attention moment or mm. like, hey, just chill out for a second yeah. or let me show you how powerful I am. Hmm. But this time it, it did look like a little aggressive. Mm. I don't know. Uh, it's yeah, it does look like they got to fight at some point. They're going to come to blows. Well, yeah. And like this is like the first time that that a push like that has happened in public. Because Doctor Strange push right. happened oh, inside, yeah, that's a good point. and the Hulk push happened on the rooftop, and so this one happened in the middle of the street. So for him to do that 
like to push a teenage boy in the middle of the street that's a bad look so like it just seems like look. they're fighting at that point for sure and we can't also forget that strange supreme that was introduced in what if like we know mm. that steven is capable of having a dark side and putting his own needs before the greater good so maybe you know we could see this manifesting in the main marvel universe with this new doctor with our doctor strange rather yeah i mean it is because they did kind of say that those what if things are canon to the mcu mm. so you know could this strange supreme have somehow like crossed over mm. into you know the mcu and has taken over the doctor strange that's here mm. and he's put the regular doctor strange in a little a little crystal ball somewhere mm. hiding away i don't know we did leave what if with like you know strange supreme kind of having to watch watch killmonger and zola to make right. sure like they stay in their their little cube but i don't know maybe he got out and he's like i'm gonna go Mess things up in the MCU now. And like um, a lot of people have suspected that the Doctor Strange in No Way Home is Mephisto. I mean, I don't mm, think it's Mephisto it. myself, <laughs> but like if it is Mephisto, I feel like what if could potentially be using the whole show as a medium as this one big like uh, Mephisto origin story with Strange Supreme. I think that'd be a very smart right. way to do Mephisto. It wouldn't have like a, a lot of the connections that Mephisto has in the comics with, you know, the devil and like religious um, imagery mm -hmm. that i feel like a lot of countries are not really uh, about showing that so like i feel like this is disney's way of like all right it's not the actual devil it's just dr strange when he's just being right. a bad boy um so i think that maybe we could see like it could be that what if strange um being evil and uh trying to manipulate a small child as uh, you know one should not do in real life but villains don't care they do not give a damn <laughs> Yeah, and as, as we were saying before, like, you know, the MCU loves to blend comic characters together and make them into one character or a whole new character. Mm. And, you know, Shang-Chi introduced the Dweller in Darkness. Right. Like, could that be an amalgamation of, like, Mephisto and the Dweller mm. in Darkness? Could it just be this, like, evil force? And it's kind of one and the same. Like, you know, it could be either the Dweller in Darkness or any type of multiversal threat. Because as we saw with, like, as Doctor Strange was eating all of these creatures, there's a whole host of interdimensional creatures and beings that we have mm, no mm -hmm. clue that are out there we have little evil gnomes out there right, little gnomes it could be a gnome controlling dr strange who knows an evil gnome um i hope it's an evil gnome that'd be hilarious <laughs> i hope so i will yeah. cry laughing <laughs> if it's something stupid like that like the sixth villain is an evil gnome from the multiverse but no before we continue brandon just let's just answer this ourselves who do you like do you think that spidey and strange will be friends or foes in Spider-Man 3, No Way Home? That's a good question, MT. It's the big question. It's the big um, one. <laughs> and I do, I think they're going to be foes at one point. Mm. And I don't think it's going to be uh, because they're of the right mind. I think Doctor Strange is being influenced. And I really like this idea that either like Dormammu or the Dweller in Darkness mm. or someone is influencing him or has replaced him in like a weird way. I don't know why Wong wouldn't have like caught on to it and is like leaving the situation from their snowy Sanctum Santorum. <laughs> but, you know, I think I think something suspicious is going on and I do mm. think they're going to come to blows at some point. So it's their enemies with an asterisk. OK, it's it's not. It, it they don't mean to be enemies but they're going to be enemies okay in this one. well brendan i think that dr strange and spider-man will be friends in this movie and i think mm. that you know the reason why i mean i feel like dr strange would have helped spider-man out in far from home if he was around because that they just buddies like oh, that yeah. but i think that's dr strange and wong were probably out in outer space probably trying to pick up all of the, the wreckage from the asgardian destruction because you got to think about this the vault from Asgard was filled with magical items and oh, storing vault, yeah. yeah and storing magical items from this universe is literally Doctor Strange's job. So he probably went out and just grabbed all the stuff including the <laughs> casket of ancient winters from Thor 1. And I think that is why mm. the entirety of the Sanctum Sanctorum is full of snow is because the the casket oh. of ancient winters cracked during the explosion and now it's just like malfunctioning and caused all of the snow to go everywhere a lot of people think that he that some sketchy stuff was going on and he was like you know being possessed during that time in far from home when he was not around i think that he was just uh doing his job and like doing uh just collecting magical items <laughs> that's a really interesting idea too because maybe that's where that weird cube thing came from that could have mm. been an odin's vault too mm, right very uh, and he had so. to collect that thing Ah, oh, very interesting maybe we didn't see that i like that idea because like if it is like a cosmic cube of sorts or 
you know, some type of magical object, it would make sense for it to come from Odin's vault because Odin was right, also right. keeping things safe himself. I like that, Brandon. That's okay. Great. But in preparation for this movie, please hit up our shop at newrockstarsmerch.com because our partners at Epic Hero Shop have all kinds of cool clothing and gear inspired by your favorite properties. So keep your eye out for some very cool Eternals and Hawkeye-inspired designs dropping in the very, very, very near future. And in the meantime, grab a Shang-Chi or WandaVision shirt and be the toast of the town, or at least the toast of your local comic book shop or a mind-controlled town in New Jersey. Either one of those. Um, I hear the Mind Control Town, New Jersey is quite popping. Um, very nostalgic feeling. Um, but <laughs> and shopping at NewRockStarsMerch.com is an awesome way to support this channel and show the world your love for your favorite fandoms. But before we dive into our bite-sized questions next, some words from the people that help us bring Big Question to you. People like DraftKings. Basketball is back. You know, basketball. That thing LeBron James does when he's not filming Space Jam movies. DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, is celebrating the return to the hardwood by giving new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. And playing daily fantasy hoops is super easy. Just pick your lineup of pro players, stay under the salary cap, and rack up the points for three-pointers, rebounds, assists, and all other stats that basketball people like to follow for, uh, for a very long time because that's sports. <laughs> Sports. Super sports, hooray. Score big and you can score big cash. And with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes, it is literally the perfect time to show off your basketball IQ. And DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want, literally whenever. Like they're very flexible like that. So download DraftKings app now and use the promo code BIGQUESTION, all one word, BIGQUESTION. And this week, New customers can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. So please enter promo code BIGQUESTION to get a free shot at millions in total prizes with your first deposit. That is code BIGQUESTION, no space, BIGQUESTION, only at DraftKings.com. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. What would you do if you didn't have high interest loans or credit card debt? Travel more? Save for retirement? Finally finish that one-fifth scale Avengers Tower replica in your backyard? Dreams do come true. <laughs> With Upstart, you can pay off your existing debt quickly and easily and start living your life. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high-interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over a million people have used Upstart to get one fixed monthly payment with a clear payoff date. Rather than looking at credit score alone, Upstart considers other factors like your income, current employment, and credit history to find you a smarter rate for your loan. You can check your rate without impacting your credit score in minutes for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. You can even receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash big question. That's upstart.com slash big question. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Upstart.com slash big question. All right. Well, thank you for that, Brandon. Now it is time for our bite-sized questions. Hum, num, 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 num. Eat it up. Eat it up, everybody. Eat it up, kids. They're bite-sized. Brandon, our first bite-sized question is... Because, you know, with Eternals just around the corner, right on the horizon, uh, Eric saw it before I did. I'm very upset. Who are the fastest heroes and villains in the Marvel comics? Because we got Makari coming up and she's quick. She's a quick one. She's quick. She's quick. Yes, this question comes from Giannis Julej on Discord. Thank you, Giannis. When I put together this list, I didn't think it was fair to consider characters who could fly yeah. or transform into energy. That's cheating. I didn't want them on the list. That's cheating. <laughs> I want to see heroes and villains who are pumping those legs to get the true speed on the ground. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that means while someone like the Silver Surfer might be able to move with the power of the cosmos, mm. I don't think it should count. He's got a surfboard. It's not fair. He's not running. I want to see him on the ground running, okay? So there's quite a few speedsters in Marvel Comics. Mm. There's a lot of them, okay? <laughs> Certainly more than I could name off the top of my head. I would have been shunned at any sort of trivia contest. But I picked out a few of my faves for this answer, so let's get into let's it. do it. We're going to start with an OG Marvel speedster. He goes by the name Wizard. That's what I do at 3 a.m. every night, my friend. <laughs> Um, it's, yeah. it, I can't help it. Can't sleep through the <laughs> night because I'm a wizard. I'm a wizard, man. You're a wizard, Harry. 
I'm a what? Yeah, Wizard, he's old school. He first appeared in USA Comics number one mm. back in 1941, which was created by Jack Kirby and Charles Nicholas. Uh, and Wizard, this is great. This is so old, golden age. I love it. Wizard got his super speed from an infusion of mongoose blood. Oh, naturally. <laughs> yeah, he got like bit by a cobra and there was also a mongoose there and ah. the blood got mixed in. I don't know. I don't know. But it made him fast. <laughs> However, his speed only tops out at like 100 miles per hour. Wow. So that's like fast for like 1941. But it's he's certainly not the fastest runner there is. Yo, but that's still pretty Wizard's fast. great. I had to include him on the list. It's He's got a funny name. It's 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 beautiful. And also, he was in uh, Jessica Jones briefly in uh, the oh, that's last right. they, season, they I believe, have a, which is hilarious. They did have Wizard in there. <laughs> that's right. Then uh, a villain on my list is Speed Demon. Ooh. Uh, Speed Demon. His power's from the Grandmaster. Ever heard of him? Pretty powerful. <laughs> uh, and uh, Speed Demon is like a regular foil of Spider-Man. I mean, he's no Zandu, but he's he's out there. <laughs> um, but what's great about Speed Demon, he even impersonated the wizard at one point, oh. like going around doing bad things. And everyone's like, oh, the wizard's an ass. <laughs> like, nope. But Speed Demon can run at supersonic speeds, which means he can go faster than the speed of sound. So he's pretty wow. quick. He's a fast guy. Did no one wonder when Wizard was just going way faster than 100 miles per hour? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait a yeah, minute. Well, this really picked up his speed. <laughs> it might not be him. I don't know. And then, of course, you can't make a list of fast runners and leave off Quicksilver. Oh, Quicksilver. He's, he's quick. And even though he died like a chump in the streets mm. in the MCU, <laughs> um, he's shown off some incredible speed in the comics. Originally, he topped out around 175 miles per hour. Damn. But again, that was back in the 70s. That was old school. <laughs> uh, and, but he got some isotope E from the Ooh. high evolutionary. And now he can go supersonic. He's reached a speed of Mach 10 at some point. So that's like 10 times the speed of sound. Damn. And it's possible his true potential has not yet been reached. So he could get faster. That's pretty fast. I mean, it's that's pretty, pretty fast. damn fast. Yo, one time I was at the club and somebody tried to offer me isotope E and I said, no, because I don't don't do drugs, kids, because I'm already fast enough. Stay away. Safe. Everyone's doing it. You don't know it, what's don't in do it. it. Just say no to Isotope E. Then, of course, we should consider Tommy Shepard, ah. a.k.a. Speed mm. of the Young Avengers. Um, he appears to have inherited his super fast skills from his uncle. His uncle's Quicksilver, of mm. course, the ex-gene passed down through the family. Mm. Uh, he claims that his top speed is 761 miles per hour, Damn. which is the speed of sound, also known as Mach 1. Mm. But he's pretty young, so he could get faster over time like his uncle you know but oh, that's pretty quick, absolutely you know for a for a young lad that's pretty insane <laughs> pretty insane another one on my list that i really like is yo-yo aka yo -Yo. slingshot she's a speedster who inherited her powers from her father via his mutated dna mm. she can run at very fast speeds and what's really cool about her which she's done using her running powers she instantly teleports back to the spot where she started. So kind of like oh, a yo-yo. Very cute, right? Nice. But unfortunately, that power limits how far she can run. You know, she can't go super. She doesn't got the distance. She's got the acceleration, but not the ah. distance. Um, we don't really know her top speed. And spoiler alert, we might not know because she's currently presumed dead in the comics. A big tower fell on her. But, you Damn. know, it's the comics. People come back all the time. I would assume that her top speed is zero miles per hour these days. Well, right now it's zero. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course this is a good one this is a this is a good a okay. good speedster gil pet perdon i might be saying that wrong oh gil my pet god perdon, yeah aka the runner <laughs> uh, he's known as the runner so you know pretty fast mm. he's one of the elders of the universe which makes right. him one of the oldest beings uh that there is though he said at one point like i'm five billion years old and i think the universe is like 10 billion years old so he's not like the oldest of the elders but he's an elder of the universe okay and he would regularly organize these galactic marathons to find other speedsters in the universe <laughs> a lot of the ones i've mentioned have like been in his races uh he just he you know he just runs around and he's like i want to have races and see who else is fast and then just beat them like have you guys heard of the boston marathon yeah that was the run <laughs> i mean he that's nothing for him um his the runner's top speed is like unknown because mm. uh, he's been known to run tens of thousands of miles per hour by harnessing the power primordial. Right. Um, and on planets that have atmospheres that support life, he like tones it down. He he tampers his speed so he doesn't like run so fast that he destroys the atmosphere and kills all the living creatures. What a nice guy. Right. Good looking out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that's the runner. You know what's really interesting is that uh, this Gil Petperdon, the runner, he's all golden, correct? He's a golden man, Yeah, correct? yeah, he's like this beautiful golden man. Well, so what if, 
we could see the runner appear from the Sovereign race. Like like we were mm. going to see um, Adam Warlock, who is also a golden man, and the Sovereign are also yeah. golden. We could also potentially see the runner potentially come yeah. from the Sovereign race. I mean, he's a, he's an elder. He might have been running around on that planet when he was a young lad. Yeah. Running around from lady to lady, and that's why they're all gold now. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't want to... He's the father of the Sovereign race. Guy, he could have been the father of the Sovereign race. Okay, and then, of course, you already mentioned her, Makari. Hey, uh, she's an Eternal, has super speed abilities. We're going to see her in the Eternals, uh, upcoming Eternals film. Mm. You see her in the trailer. She's already zipping around. Zips up. Um, she... M- Makari can create cyclones by running in circles, mm. uh, much like Carnage, if you saw Let There Be Carnage. <laughs> uh, but she does it from running, uh, and she can even run across water. Like Jesus, wow. Just like Jesus. <laughs> she could easily beat Jesus in a foot race. Sorry. <laughs> Those are some Sorry, uh, strong words, Brandon. I, I mean, I don't know. You just I challenge have, Jesus. I, I read the Bible. He doesn't run that fast. I'm calling out Jesus. Come down. Uh, Brandon just called you out. We want to race between you I'm and Makari. <laughs> Makari is, she's so fast, mm. though, uh, she was even able to beat the runner, Gilpet Perdon, once in his galactic Get out of marathon. town. Get out of the town that you are in. No way. The runner's crazy fast. Are you serious? Yeah. Holy shit. I don't shit. think she could do it every time, but she got the best of him one time. Damn. So pretty fast. Pretty fast. Got he. So, yeah, those are some of my faves. You know, this is a bite-sized question. Right. So I couldn't cover all the runners. So I don't want to hear about it. Don't tweet me. Don't be in the comments being like, where's Aurora? Where's Black Race? Where's Mercury? Where's Fast Forward? Where's Spectrum? I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Okay. There's tons of runners. There's tons of fast ones. Right. But these were some of my favorites. We didn't have the time to cover them all. But if I was going to pick a fastest, I got to go with my boy, Gil Petburdon, the runner. He's, he's fast. He's wow. a fast man. You know what? I think that the fastest runner is uh, Peter Parker. Because he uh, runs from his guilt oh, yeah. every day. He's the fastest emotional runner. Exactly. 100%. <laughs> well, Brandon, thank you for that answer. But riddle me this, Brandon. Has the Riddler mm-hmm. ever beaten the Batman? And this is from the Cantaloupe mm. Coffee on Twitter. Thank you, Cantaloupe Coffee. That sounds like disgusting coffee, but you sound like a great person, though. So You know, people, some people like a sweet coffee. Hey, it's true. Um, Shouldn't judge. It's a great question. And while Batman has a pretty good track record against his gallery of foes. Mm. You know, the heroes usually went out in the end. Uh, he does occasionally lose. Just ask my boy Bane, who put him in the ICU, baby. <laughs> Broke that back. Crack. You know? Crack. Uh, Batman can lose. Uh, <laughs> and we have this upcoming The Batman mm. film featuring the Riddler, of course. Uh, and these inquiring minds, they want to know if the King of Questions has ever bested the Cape Crusader. Mm. Well, in fact, he has. <gasps> Uh, this is a spoiler alert. If you never read Batman Zero Year, mm. check it out. It's, <laughs> it's very, good. very good. Very good. Uh, but Riddler definitely gets the best of Batman twice in that storyline. He cuts all the power to Gotham and he like floods the city. And Batman like, gets so jostled around in that he's out of commission for a little bit. Mm. And when he comes back, he discovers that like the Riddler has taken over all of Gotham. And he's like eliminating citizens who can't meet his mental challenges, mm. which is pretty much all of them. Batman, of course, wins out in the end, as he always does. Mm. Because uh, you got to make more Batman comics, uh, but but the Riddler definitely got the best of him in that storyline. So I'll, I'll give that one to the Riddler. You did beat him that time. Yo, you know it'd be crazy. Like while you were talking and you said that, like he, uh, the Riddler in Zero Year, um, did all these challenges to you know basically test out the smartness of the Gotham population. Imagine if DC like just made a Squid Game from with the Riddler. That would be <laughs> so amazing if they did. And they could totally do it. Like a Squid Game Riddler like like movie, like just the Riddler. That'd be cool. Amazing. I'm just doing Hollywood's job. You should pitch for it. You. Pitch I'm, it to I'm Warner. Pitching it tomorrow. I'm gonna be at Warner <laughs> HQ tomorrow and be like, hey yo, nice. Squid Game, the Koreans have done it. You must do it too. Um <laughs> you must do it too. <laughs> but Brandon, now it is time for my favorite part of the episode. It's time for the box of scraps. The box of scraps. Box of scraps. Box of scraps. The box. I'm in the box. My head is in the box. Scraps. It's a cosmic cube of scraps. <laughs> you know what? This that's the segment this time. The cosmic cube of scraps. Tony Stark built this in a cave <laughs> with the cosmic cube of scraps. Now, Brandon, if you could turn one movie or series from the MCU into a musical, which one would it be, and why? Oh. That's a great question, MT. This one comes from Crispy Chrissy Ooh, on Discord. I love Thank Chris you so Chrissy. much, Crispy Thank Chrissy. You. 
This is a, it's a very interesting question because, of course, we're going to see Rogers the musical <laughs> in the upcoming Hawkeye mm-hmm. film. Very excited. I, I kind of wish the whole Hawkeye series was just the music. I, I want to <laughs> see the whole two and a half hours of it. I'm very interested. Yes. Uh, but, you know, I'm thinking about this from a business standpoint. Mm. You know, if you're going to make one of these movies into a musical, you, you need things like you need costumes. Mm. You need like sets, you know, you know interesting concepts. And I think okay. the the first Thor film would make like a pretty good musical. You know what I mean? You have all those wild mm. costumes of Asgard. You know, you get uh, all the cool set designs. And then he gets to go down to Earth so you can make like a cool Earth and like people in those clothes. And then you have all these fun songs. And it's a story of redemption for our hero, which most of the MCU stories are. But, you know, it, it's a good one. You can do some fun effects with the hammer flying around the mm. stage and stuff like that. Um, I think I think it would make a pretty good musical, and oh. plus, you know, in Asgard they have the acting troupe. And yes, a lot of good <laughs> musicals. They have the show within the show. You could have that happen at some point yes. in the musical. Oh my so god! So my vote is for the first Thor. Let's let's put it on Broadway, 2023, baby. Yo, I want you at Marvel Studios tomorrow pitching that. Yes. Oh my god, that's a one. I love that, especially with the the, the Thor Asgardian troupe. That would be freaking priceless. We got to call it Thor, turn off the lightning. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't, don't bring it up. Don't bring it up. Oh. Don't bring it up. But I think for me, honestly, I think I would probably do Guardians of the Galaxy. I think because like, because oh, it, it's a very musical uh, series out on its own. So I just feel like having like a, a yeah. musical with 70s rock songs would be... It'd be like a good jukebox musical. Yeah. You know what I mean? It would be so much fun. Like and like, that. we could have a, a guy in a Groot costume. We could have a little a little oh, man yeah. in a rock oh. costume. It would It'd be, be like great. Lion King with the big Groot costume oh coming God. out. And we gotta oh, put it on ice. Fun. Let's just do it. Guardians of the Galaxy on ice musical. And it's just like, it's skating. Oh, now they're on ice. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. That's it's, dangerous. It would be so much, it'd just be so good. Um, but yeah, I think Guardians of the Galaxy would be really fun. But I, I, like, I like yours I better, honestly. Broadway <laughs> needs us, it's clear. Exactly. It's clear. We're gonna win Tony's. We're gonna this is our we're on our way to an so EGOT right now. Um, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> but that is it for this episode of Big Question. I want to thank off-screen producer Brandon, who we're still gonna call him off-screen producer Brandon for the end of time. Thank so you. please stop complaining. Please. That's his name. <laughs> I just love the joke. Uh, please follow him at Brennan Barrick. He's an amazing man who does amazing things and tweets amazing things. So please follow him there. Follow me at Mastertainment if you want to see me tweet some weird shit. But most importantly, follow at New Rockstars on Twitter, but also here on YouTube. And please hit that notification bell so you can get notifications whenever we upload a new video. And please hit up NewRockstarsMerch.com so you can get cool shirts like this and our Venom shirts and our all our cool shirts um, there so you can uh, get a cool nerdy girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever partner um, that you would like. That's it. <laughs> this is coming from my single ass. So that's a lie. Um, <laughs> you know what? Get shirts for yourself. Yes. Live for yourself. Live for yourself. You don't need no, no partner. They'll only disappoint you in the end anyway. <laughs> but anyways, thank you guys again for watching. We'll see you guys later. We love you. Goodbye. Bye. Mwah.